This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. And welcome back in live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. This is BetQL Daily alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. One hour from now, we dive back into baseball. Kenny Ducey of the Action Network Covers.com will join us to talk about where we're at with just about a month to go until opening day. 20 minutes from now, more NBA. 50 days until the postseason, if you count the play-in as part of the postseason, which we do. 50 days until the postseason in the NBA. But lucky enough to be joined by Scott Smith of 4 for 4. Follow him on Twitter, at ScottSmithFF, to talk about the scouting combine. Up and running in Indy today. Workout starting on Thursday, Scott, for those front seven guys on the defense. But I know most people will be focused on Saturday night, right? Quarterbacks are going to throw, except for Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams, which is interesting because kind of opens up an avenue for that next tier of quarterbacks to maybe open some eyes on Saturday um, just what's your thought on what we should be looking for on Saturday? And I guess in general, how many of these quarterbacks should we be looking at outside of the top three anyway, as first round picks? Yeah, I think you can kind of add two more into the mix. And those two would be uh, JJ McCarthy and Bo Nix. Uh, I think Michael Penix is, it's going to be a big week for him to have to prove some things specifically in the medical department, which we're not going to be privy to until closer to draft time. But I think those two guys get to shine front and center. I, I think Drake May is pretty much solidified as the the number two quarterback in this class. Um, and and it's it's quite shocking because I thought going into this, this combine that this was going to be a time for Jaden Daniels to shine. I thought he was going to be able to to go in there, show off the deep ball, which is what shines there in throwing drills, and then also be able to test and run well. The fact that he decided to kind of stand on his resume there at LSU and, and be in a more controlled environment there on his pro day is quite shocking because I thought it was going to open up some windows to, to really get – some some argument for Jaden Daniels to be there at uh, the number two pick there to to Washington, and uh, I, I think that window kind of shuts a little bit, and you start looking at some of the the early odds on Drake May to be the number two pick at minus one fifty is what I looked at earlier this morning. I think that's a bet that I, I might start eyeing here in the next day or two because I think Drake May is going to have a strong combine. Yeah, I mean, this guy. We're going to talk a lot about the quarterback position and I'm here in Chicago and it's the only thing people want to talk about uh, what's going to happen there with Caleb and uh, Justin Fields and the odds are saying it's it's not even close to a decision Uh, we'll see if that ends up being the case I want to talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. because you know his I'd say the last 15 years or so we're not seeing receivers go in the top three we see the impact that they make um, but you'd have to go back to the days like Larry Fitzgerald, like early 2000s, um, Andre Johnson for receivers to go in the top three. Do you think there's going to be that team that is like, he's the guy, he's got the highest floor of anybody in this draft, game changer, and let's say they're calling New England, trying to get to three or, or even Washington at two to, to lock it in for Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr.? I think there's some arguments that he could be there at three. Uh, you know, if you start looking at it, he's the early favorite for the, you know, as far as the everything goes to be the first non-quarterback drafted in this draft. You start looking at it and it's really just a perfect storm for him from a talent standpoint, 
being that his dad was also a Hall of Fame wide receiver. So it's in the blood. And then he performed at a high level early on at a big school. So everything kind of kind of locks on and, and gets him there. But it, it's disappointing. And I think it's kind of a reflection of some of the stuff that's been going on with some of these NIL deals and, and how the college football landscape has changed. But it's disappointing that he's not going to be at the combine, not performing, not doing a lot of those things. But it also kind of is a reflection of just how strong his, his standpoint of the first receiver coming off this board in this draft. And I think you will have some teams there considering. And I even could see a possibility where New England – passes on quarterback because you're going to need a very specific offensive coordinator to develop around Jaden Daniels if he's the third quarterback. So there is a scenario for a, a prospect as locked in and as clean as what Marvin Harrison Jr. is to be that number three pick. One thing I love about the draft is things can start to change as we start to get closer. And there has been some discussion about Malik neighbors being better than Marvin Harrison Jr. Could you see more steam coming on that as we get closer to the draft? I think you'll see some steam. And I, I think Malik neighbors, when you start comparing what he did at LSU to, to the likes of Justin Jefferson, you know, and Jamar Chase, he's right there in line, a little bit different player. He kind of excels a little bit more than those guys with, uh, you know, yards after the catch rather than some of the downfield stuff that Justin Jefferson, but his, his numbers and stats are right there on par. I, I think he is firmly solidified over Roma, Roma Dunze as uh, the number two wide receiver coming off the board. And, and I really think that you can start to look at it in, in New York there, you know, trying to, to build around, around what they have and, and not having wide receivers in that room. I, I almost feel like six is kind of his floor for Malik Neighbors and what he does. You know, that's interesting you bring that up, Scott, because I was just going to circle back around to quarterback. Scott Smith, the four for four with us. Follow him on Twitter, at ScottSmithFF. Um, let's say there is, you know, a little bit of a, not shakeup, but let's say it's not one, two, three for quarterbacks, right? Like you said, uh, New England says, well, we don't feel comfortable having to develop a Jaden Daniels. Um, and Daniels slides a little bit. Would the Giants consider, I know they say they're committed to Daniel Jones, but is it worth, you know, rolling the dice on a work in progress, maybe Jaden Daniels, and then giving Daniel Jones, hey, you got one more year, but you know this guy is right behind you, and he's coming. Um, is that worth a roll of the dice? Or, you know, with a, with a top-heavy draft and wide receivers as well, you talk about a Dunze and Neighbors, um, does that just make more sense? I think when you start looking at that, if, if Jaden Daniels isn't the pick at number three, it, it's probably going to be Marvin Harrison. That really puts the the Cardinals in a, in a spot where they would be the team that would really control everything and be looking to, to go ahead and move that pick. As far as the Giants, I think it would make sense. I'd have to go back and, and look at the Daniel Jones contract again, but I think they kind of have an out after this year. So it would make sense for them to go ahead and, and take a swing if they, they have a high grade on, on Jaden Daniels. But, I mean, I count at least seven quarterback needy teams, and I, I think you start looking at teams like specifically Oakland, I've heard, is, has a high grade and, and think highly of Jaden Daniels. You start looking at a team like that to go ahead and move up, and then you really have to start start figuring out like some of these other quarterbacks, you know, in free agency and, and, and trade, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, and even Sam Howell. I, I don't think Sam Howell stays on Washington. I think a team will take a, a swing on him for maybe a, a late third or early fourth round pick, considering what he did. You know, this year, I don't think Eric Bieniemy did any any favors to him with the protection scheme and, and whatnot. But I, I think you're going to have some teams make some moves up 
to to go ahead and, and grab some of these quarterbacks. I think you'll see some trades going on. And for a team like New York, I think it would make a lot of sense if if Daniels is on the board still. Hmm. Are are you all the way in on Caleb Williams? Are you like this guy has by far the highest ceiling, or do you have your questions? Huh. I I've watched. I think all of these quarterbacks have some questions, but specifically. It seems like people are on two different ends of the spectrum with, with Caleb Williams. You hear that he's a generational talent, the best quarterback since Andrew Luck. Um, and and it's, it's, you can see it with some of the off-schedule plays that he makes and some of the things that he does. You know, how often he goes to, to his second and third process uh, in, in read, you know, is where things kind of come into to play. I think when you look at his film, and I was watching some of the breakdowns, you know, just here recently, when he knows where he's going with the ball early, it's as clean and as accurate as you, as you can get. Whenever he has to, to go ahead and make reads, it tends to come in with the scramble, some of the hero ball, and you, you just have to wonder how he's going to be able to be reeled in by offensive coordinator and be able to play within a system. Following up on that, how far apart do you think Caleb Williams and Drake May are? Because I feel like every day I keep hearing more and more positive things about Drake May. I think in the eyes of scouts, I think there's a gap. Uh, you know, I, I do. I think you're going to have some teams that that really value the off schedule and kind of reaching and, and hoping to get that next Patrick Mahomes. And, and I, I think when you look at Drake May, the way he throws the ball, he throws it effortlessly. Like, it doesn't look like he has to put a lot into it. I think as far as when you compare him to Jaden Daniels and, and Caleb Williams, I think he throws to covered receivers better. I think he's a little bit more accurate, and I think he's going to be able to go ahead and process things a, a little bit better and play within a system. Um, and, I, I, look, I, I strongly feel that he's going to end up in Washington. I think, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you start looking at Cliff Kingsbury and the connections with Caleb Williams, and it takes two to tango as far as getting a deal done. I just don't see Chicago doing it. I think they're going to go ahead and reset that quarterback salary situation and, and get some, some stuff back for fields and kind of build around Caleb Williams. But when you start looking at Washington, you have Cliff Kingsbury, who has a, a big connection and relationship with Phil Longo, who's now at Wisconsin, that coach Drake May at, uh, at North Carolina. And I think the connection there in the system that they've, they both coached and, and had Drake May play in, I think that's, that's going to be strongly there. And I think that's going to be the pick there at, at number two. Scott Smith, a four for four with us here on BetQL Daily. So do you believe, Scott, it's locked in? It's Caleb Williams at one uh, for the Bears specifically? Or do you think there's a thought the Bears trade out? Or I know you just mentioned it. There's a chance for them to sort of reset the quarterback salary structure there. Um, I don't. We'll see what they're able to get for fields. Is, it seems like there's maybe two teams in on the field sweepstakes right now. But is it locked in? Caleb Williams, number one to Chicago, definitely. I think it's one of those situations when you look at it from a team building aspect and philosophy, I, I think it's important for them to go ahead and, and reset that quarterback salary situation to, to go ahead and rebuild for the future. But also it's one of those things where it, it's going to take a hell of a load and, you know, to, to go ahead and, and trade up and give Chicago what they want or what they value for that pick. And it's also one of those things where you, you pass on a quarterback and trade out with somebody like Caleb Williams and he turns in to be Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have GMs there that are going to be looking to, to save their own neck. And if that ends up happening, you're, you're getting fired. And it, it's, it's a move that could ruin your reputation as a GM for the rest of your career if you don't make that Caleb Williams pick. So I think when you look at job security and the way some of these front office personnel think, I, I, 
and just from a team building standpoint, I think it makes the most sense. And then you still, in order to trade that pick, you have to have a team that's willing to part with three first or even more. Once we get to uh, the combine coming up on Thursday, we, we've talked a lot about the quarterbacks and that's what everybody's going to be talking a lot about in the workouts on Saturday. But what else are you paying close attention to? Any, any other things that people should keep an eye on, like whether it's strengths or the big day to watch or specific players that uh, you're a big fan of? I think two things. I think in this draft, I think the strength that you're going to see lies really in the offensive tackle and the, and the defensive backs. Um, I think, you know, it's very deep. When we start getting some more lines out on a draft, we're going to start looking at some of those offensive line or offensive tackles to, you know, positional numbers to go in the first round and the same thing with defensive back. Um, as far as the combine this week, I, I think it's uh, you have to look at wide receiver. Um, that that's everybody likes to watch the quarterbacks when they're throwing, but the wide receivers are also on the field. And there's three players that I think have a lot to prove this week as far as like positional stuff. Um, the first is a sleeper. Um, that's Malachi Corley out of Western Kentucky. Um, gets a lot of comparisons to Anquan Bolden was, you know, just did everything he could do against the competition that he played, um, you know, was a focal point in that offense. I, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a sleeper in this draft and can really do a lot to raise his draft stock this week. But two other guys that I think that are kind of in, com in competition for where they're going to get drafted, and that's Keon Coleman out of Florida State and Brian Thomas out of LSU. I think those two guys have a lot to prove, specifically Keon Coleman. You know, he's, he's basically a big 6'4 wide receiver, a lot of straight line speed, kind of bullies people down the field. I think they're going to want to see how he tests in, in some of these agility drills and specifically how he runs routes. And I, I think him and Brian Thomas are going to be in direct competition for uh, where they get drafted here in the first round. Speaking of the first round, is there a player that you've seen in maybe mock drafts or just people are high on that you don't think will go in the first round? I think you have to start looking at some of these quarterbacks and Bo Nix is a guy that I'm teetering on. I've heard some scouts that that love him that and I've seen some mock drafts that don't have him in the first round. I think it's going to be a big week for him. And from what I've been told is that he's going to really kind of wow some of the, the front office personnel with the interview process this week. Um, he has a lot mm -hmm. to prove as far as being out there, like throwing the ball and stuff. But I'm, I'm still kind of you know, working through some of these prospects on the bottom half of the first round. I have my first mock draft going to be out later this week. So I, I don't have a, a guide pinpointed. The one guy I will say that I'm high on that I'm struggling with right now is Brock Bowers. Um, I think Brock yeah. Bowers is a top five talent here in this draft, but trying to slot him into to a team that really needs him and then also considering positional value and how teams value that, it's hard to really find a team within that those top 10 picks that that are going to go ahead and get him. So Brock Bowers is a guy that I think can slide a little bit, but not necessarily based on his talent, just based on finding a team that that's going to fit and value him at that high. Yeah, that's a great point. I know that's a guy we were all thinking about. I'm glad you brought it up. Scott Smith of four for four. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Smith FF. You heard him mention it. His first mock coming out very soon. You want to check that out as well. Brock Bowers top 10 we didn't even get to the offensive tackles three of them in the top 10 maybe as well thanks again Scott we appreciate the time thank you talk soon coming up somebody's birthday worked out well for them and somebody is losing value in the market do we are we necessarily on board with why we're seeing that value dip 
as we're just 50 days until the play-in in the NBA. Alongside Aaron and Joe, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.